0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show, and when we all woke up this morning, we did not know that this was going to be the topic we talk about on today's podcast. Defensive accolades are nice, but we all know Antoine Winfield Jr. is the MVP. We got to talk about some big-time breaking news For the Buccaneers and in the NFC South, offensive coordinator Dave Canals is saying adios Bucs. He's going to the Carolina Panthers to be their next head coach. This is such big news. This is such a big show for us that we have three people on today's show as we break it all down. I'm your host Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds, and our fellow colleague, at peterreport.com josh capo guys this is major groundbreaking news we have discussed it for a little bit but seeing it actually go down today earlier this morning/afternoon what are your initial reactions scott we'll start with you
1: um i didn't think it would happen i mean there's a, certainly a possibility right when you get a second interview and you connect some dots with dan morgan the new general manager with the Panthers having spent eight years with Dave Canales in person up there, watching him in, in the the building on the practice field. When Dan was in the personnel department with Seattle, it makes sense from that perspective. It also makes sense. The fact that look at the track record, working with quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, his best days in Seattle, and then transitioning to Geno Smith, taking a former journeyman quarterback, making him the comeback player of the year, as well as a pro bowler at age 32 Then you've got the work that he did here in Tampa with Baker Mayfield, essentially mimicking and and doing exactly what he did with Geno Smith in Seattle last year, doing that with Baker Mayfield this year. And they've got a quarterback in Carolina with talent, but needs to be developed. Also, it's interesting to note that Bryce Young kind of vertically challenged like Baker Mayfield, like uh, Russell Wilson. So, Canales' system has worked really well in Tampa. It was a system that worked very well for both uh, Russell Wilson and Geno Smith up there in Seattle. I think it could work really well for for Bryce Young. My only concern with this for Canalis is that owner David Tepper has the quickest trigger finger of any NFL owner, and he is one of those guys that uh, you know, kind of in the class of like a. a A Bill Gates, um, a Jeff Bezos that likes to win, be the top dog, um, billionaire that doesn't have a lot of patience. And so we saw that last this year with Frank Reich and he's fired two head coaches and two interim head coaches in the span of two years. I think for Canales, this is kind of of a no brainer. There's only 32 of these jobs. Remember, Matt, the, the reason when he was asked in uh, in our, our post-press conference sit down with Dave Canales after he got the job, we you know he, he even told us, he's like, yeah, when you get your first offensive coordinator job opportunity, you take it because yeah. it might not come around again. I think for Dave, it would have come around. I would have liked to have seen him take a better opportunity. There's just not a lot to work with in Carolina. It's going to require some patience. Maybe Dan Morgan can be the buffer. Between Canalis and Robert, or I should say David Tepper, uh, that that is necessary to allow Dave the time to build the program. I've got no uh, lack of confidence that Dave can do the job. It's just, will he? No, I don't, do not want the offensive coordinator job, Luke. <laughs> Scott, not on my, area no, yeah. not no. my area of expertise. Yeah, not my area of expertise. But um, but but will but will he, Josh? Will he get enough time in Carolina? to see this through, or is he simply just making the team incrementally better? And is he a placeholder and setting the table for the next guy?
2: Um, Will he get a time to like see it all the way to fruition? I think that remains to be seen. I think Tepper is becoming acutely aware of his own um, reputation. And I do think that that'll play into how he handles Canalis. I think the one thing that maybe isn't getting enough um, play. And first of all, you know, I'm never on these, these, uh mid- midweek um podcasts and you guys bring me in on the slow news days and it just frustrates the hell <laughs> out of me. Um, but no going back to Canalis, i think one of the things that's under discussed right now is the perception across the league across and you know the nfl world is that th- this is a no hope perspective and that means that the expectations are very low for canales yeah there's really no way that i think he comes out of this even if he gets fired with anyone thinking any less of him because of it because everyone's aware of the ownership and the struggles there the lack yeah. of resources especially in terms of draft capital so i mean if he even wins they won what two games this year right the, the panthers mm-hmm. i think two and 15. Yeah,
1: two. two and fifteen so, yeah
2: he wins four and he's going to be seen as, you know, the second coming, right? Yeah, yeah, In two to three years, he just gets them to like seven and 10. It's going to be seen as a complete success story, even if Tepper fires him. So I think because the floor is so low on expectation, yeah. there's not a lot. There's almost nothing he can do short of being like um, Urban Meyer. And we all know right. <laughs> like Urban Meyer. Um, yeah um that's gonna tarnish his reputation across the league as soon as i heard he was getting the uh the the first interview i was like yeah he's gonna he crushes those interviews i mean he got he got one chance at an oc and he nailed the interview to the point where he got the offer then nailed the job he's just he's that eloquent he's that good at at communicating um yeah and, and sure there's a little bit in terms of probably very similar to how he got the offensive coordinator job last year. Maybe the, the top candidates weren't going to be very high on the gig, um, yeah. which opened the opportunity for him to get the offer. But it's also a lot to Dave's credit in terms of oh, yeah. how he is in the room and what he's been able to do with this Bucks offense. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah Matt, it- Matt let, let me ask you this, right. Cause uh, you know, we saw this here in Tampa unfold Last February, when they're looking for an offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin turned the job down. Dan Pitcher turned the job down. Right. Was this a situation where the Carolina Panthers, they had over a dozen interviews. We don't know how many interview candidates turned the Panthers down. Is this a situation where almost like Dave Canales was the last man standing maybe in Tampa for this job? He might have been that in Carolina for the said coaching job.
0: So that's what I mentioned on yesterday's show. And I hate that I was right about it. But unfortunately, (laughs) I kind of spoke it into existence. Like, when you hear that Mike Rabel was interviewing for the Panthers job and a couple of other guys, like what does Dave Canales have over Mike Rabel in terms of, except for, like, his offensive style? What does he have in terms of, like, resume and experience and all that stuff everything points towards a guy like Vrabel and some of the other people that interviewed right. for the Panthers job so when you talk about the connection that Niles has with the GM and a number of people that may have potentially turned down the job I'm sure the Panthers probably tried to sweeten the deal a little bit and to your guys' point about how's he going to deal with David Tepper it's going to be the unstoppable force against the immovable object between the reputation of David Tepper and the undying amount of positivity and upbeat attitude and exuberance yeah. that Dave Canales has. I mean, he swept all of us off our feet when he yeah. first started doing a uh, a press conference like that. It almost reminds me of the movie Eight Crazy Nights, if you guys have seen it, when you have little Whitey Duvall, who's always so positive and great and... Happy to be there. And Adam Sandler's character is like, ah, I hate this and I hate you. But eventually, <laughs> being around, why do you do ball? Got Adam Sandler on the straight and narrow and got him yeah. better. I think Dave Canales can kind of do that to David Tepper um, a little bit. And yeah, right now, the the Panthers offense, not much to work with. But right. the Panthers' defense is still pretty damn good. I mean, yeah. their head coach the last time he faced his now team did not score a touchdown against that defense. You got a pretty damn good (laughs) defense and an offense that really cannot go lower to your point, Josh, you bring in a free agent, you tank again for another season and get more, uh, you know, pieces next season when you have those uh, draft picks. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not saying the Panthers are contending for the NFC South this year, but watch out in like two or three seasons. Canals canals can bring yep. it as we
1: yep. saw. Josh, let me let me get your thoughts on two things here because I just did an interview with a Carolina radio station and and it, these things popped in my head. Right, um, number one, Seattle's coaching staff just got fired. Right, so yeah, so there there are some familiar faces that are happen to be on the street, almost like Bruce Arians when he came out of retirement. Right, uh, Todd Bowles and 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 all of all of his his cast of of characters from the Cardinals, right. were on the street as well. It was, he said, the stars aligned, right. That's why he took the job in Tampa. It wasn't just Bruce. It was his entire staff that was kind of reformed here in Tampa. So, so Dave Canales has some trusted familiar faces that he knows has worked with that are on the street that can help him in Carolina. And then the second thing is if you're a free agent and you get a phone call from Dave Canales, a video conference call, or maybe you fly up to Carolina or fly down to Carolina. It can and, also go to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you get that Facetime with Dave. He's so believable, right? And as long as he's got Tepper in the checks, hey, you want to get paid, you're a free agent. We have the, che- the paycheck for you here. We're building something. You're not going to win maybe in year one, but who's to say you aren't? But we're going to win soon. And he's so believable. I think he is going to be deadly, in free agency with his enthusiasm, his charisma, and his believability.
2: Yeah. He he definitely missed an opportunity to go be a college head coach because you know oh. he would have crushed oh. the recruits dancing in the trailer. locker room after a right? big man. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, like that those would have been a lot of five car, five star recruits because he's it's his eloquence and and just how he sells himself. And he really sells an individual on the best version of what they can be. And I think that's what he's trying to bring out of everybody. Um, Matt, you mentioned the eight crazy nights. I was going to go with more of an NFL reference. And um, in terms of like over the recent few years, Ron Rivera trying to bring an air of professionalism and respectability to Washington franchise that Mm -hmm. had, a completely derelict uh, uh, owner. And for a few years, he was able to pull it off. Yeah. you know? um, Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a huge boon for Carolina. I would not be one to bet against Dave Canales just uh, over the last year of covering him, watching his offense, watching his development. It, he's not somebody who's necessarily going to, like, immediately be perfect. Right. And if anybody has that kind of expectation of him, if anybody had that expectation this year, Yeah, It's unrealistic, but if you watch the arrow with him in everything that he does, the arrow continually points in an upward direction, and uh, and that's somebody you definitely want kind of piloting your franchise.
0: One of the biggest things I will personally miss about Dave Canales is how much of an advocate he was for the best energy drink around in the That's world, right, Celsius Energy Drinks. I mean, there is a reason why we called him the human Celsius, and I'm going to miss calling him the human Celsius. Yeah, of course, sure. Celsius, you know, the boxing need a new offensive coordinator. They're bringing in a new line of play calls. Celsius is bringing in a new line of energy drinks with their Celsius Essentials, which are the top performance performance i cannot say that word performance energy drinks around with 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit and of course there's no sugar in these drinks uh the celsius essentials is the ultimate energy drink line by celsius formulated for the fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performance they have proprietary i can get that word though Meta Plus formulas with three essential aminos that provides you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients that support your physical and cognitive performance. With a specially formulated lineup of bold flavors, Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential and take their fitness journey to the next level. Celsius Essentials are available at 7-Elevens nationwide. You can get the three flavor variety pack of at walmart and they are rolling out to nationwide retailers and soon enough you can get them over on amazon so whether it's the celsius essentials or one of the old school flavors because we like ogs as well whether it's that sparkling watermelon arctic vibe strawberry lemonade uh sparkling orange the fuji apple pear peach mango you get my point the sparkling lemon lime, as well. They are the best. So, if you need to know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator on their website, punch in your address, and tell you the closest location where you could pick one up. Could be a health and fitness store, could be a convenience store, Walmart, Target, 7 Eleven, or the best for last, your bodega.
2: Bodega.
0: Josh, you want to do it?
2: No, I can't. I can't uh, talk. Uh, all right, not You're going to try.
0: And if you want to get Celsius in bulk, go over to Amazon, click on the Subscribe and Save, get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. You're the captain. You're in charge. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Got a couple Ge- of us gentlemen. To- hold on a yeah. second.
1: I I get it. I got to do. I got to do a, a little bit of a mea culpa here. Um, yeah. I'm rarely wrong, as you guys know, but it, it does happen from from. Uh, from occasion to occasion. Um, boy. Oh. SR Spathom. <laughs> I your saw coach, that earlier offensive today. Offensive coordinator and quarterback for 2024. Boy. Uh, yeah, I didn't see this Canales to the Panthers uh, thing coming. Um, and listen, I, I'll say this. I've never called for Todd Bowles to be fired. And and I'm not going to right now. But it's my job to report what I think and what I know, and sometimes what I think comes from what I know, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's my own opinion, but I have to ponder if there's a chain reaction here that is this franchise that had to go through 10 head coaching, I'm sorry, 10 offensive coordinator interviews to get Dave Canales, do they want to do that again or do they want to promote Dad Lewis only to, to have him become a hot shot candidate next year. The problem with defensive-minded head coaches, and I love them because I'm a defensive-minded guy, right? I respect the heck out of Tony Dungy, one of my all-time favorite people and people I've covered. At the same time, this franchise has won two Super Bowls with offensive-minded guys, Gruden and Arians. And I just wonder, it's so much easier in this day and age where the hot, especially young, Offensive coordinator candidate is the guy that that becomes the next head coach. We just saw it today with Dave Canales going to Carolina. <laughs> this is a treadmill that Todd Bowles, Jason Light, and the Lasers might be on for some time. It's a hard treadmill to stay on because there's nothing that makes teams championship caliber faster than a really good offensive coordinator and a really good quarterback. And when it's your head coach, you can think of the likes of Drew Brees and Sean Payton come to mind, right? Um, uh, Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. It goes way back, but even more so in this day and age with the younger guys, the Matt is trans- transitioning from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love and still having success. Well, I just <laughs> wonder if, if the Laziers and Jason Light look at this and say, Todd Bowles is 17 and 17 as a head coach. And it's taken him week 17 and week, week 18 to win the division, which is a downtrodden NFC South. We know that. And he's one and two in the postseason. And is this the time where we maybe make a run for a guy like Todd Munkin or another offensive-minded head coach and get off this treadmill that we're on where we're on to the third offensive coordinator now in three years, from Byron Leftwich to to Dave, Dave Canales to the next guy, whether Stad Lewis or somebody they bring in. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so I'll build on what you're talking about in terms of like um, offensive-minded head coaches and the success they're having. Um, if you look throughout the league now, it doesn't even require like the elite quarterback, right? You were you were mentioning a lot of historical references yeah. where the QB was really really important. Um, you've got Mike McDaniels getting the most out of Tua Tagovailoa. You've got Kyle Shanahan getting the most out of uh, Brock Purdy and before yeah. that um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, uh, LaFleur is doing it. He had Rodgers, and, and it does look like Jordan Love's going to be a really um, awesome guy. But but you can see these these schemes are really getting the most out of quarterbacks who you wouldn't necessarily say that's a top five guy. So I think that's big. I I don't see bulls getting – let go this year. Okay. You're right. That being a defensive guy, they're going to be on the treadmill, but I didn't
1: see Dave Canals leaving for Carolina either, man. Yeah. Uh, Josh. Very,
2: very true. Very true. I'm <laughs> not saying it's time. impossible. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting the odds out of it. Extremely low. If for nothing else that the optics, this is a, a, a head coach who took a team that was expected to be the worst in the NFL by some national pundits and took them to the final. They were technically one of the last, uh, what six teams, right? Yeah. Just, by virtue of the TV schedule last week, right. mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with it, right? One of the final six teams yeah. in the yep. league. Um, he, that's a that's a tough one to explain, right, that, that we're getting rid of him. Um, from a process standpoint, I do I was just here think, when
1: Tony Dungy got fired after becoming the Bucks' all-time winning as head coach, three straight playoff appearances, four out of the last five years of playoff but appearances.
2: When he got fired, at that point, he was underperforming expectations. The expectation was the Super Bowl. Right. Yep. Todd Bowles expectation was, can he even get to the playoffs? He got third there. Point. He won a yeah. game That's and he point. was competitive against a very, very good lions team. Yep. They, you know, they were in it to the last drive. So for me, I just, I, I see it being low. And then the other thing with regards to like, yes, this will be the third coordinator in, in three years, but where we're at on the treadmill is you're losing a coordinator for a very good reason because your team's yeah. doing well. Yeah. And I think that earns him the right to try and nail the next hire. Yeah, we've seen with Mike Rabel, like you can get a couple of them, but eventually you get it wrong. And I think that's where Todd Bowles potentially ends up getting exited from one buck place. That's that's still a ways down. He's still got the opportunity to get this higher. right. I think there's a very good internal option. I think that there's a lot of interesting names externally. I think he has the opportunity to get that right. And even in a scheme that can continue to progress his, his quarterback. So I think there are opportunities Still, for silver linings for Bucks fans, but yeah, he's basically gonna have to go you know 100% on all of his OC hires from here on out, mm-hmm. and that is a, a difficult task to uh, yeah, that's
0: that's that's where I'm at with it, Josh. Like, I don't think Todd Bowles should get penalized for losing Dave Canales. If anything, it's like, hey, Todd, you brought this guy in, two thumbs up for you for improving the team, and then canals at least in the eyes of the panthers did so good that they wanted him to be the head coach i don't see why he should get fired for that it's like dan campbell's not going to get penalized when ben johnson gets hired as a head coach or aaron glenn gets hired as a head coach and they had a much better record so it's a little different there but yeah i think Bowles has at least earned the right to go out and search for that next offensive coordinator and yes three coordinators in three years but the first one uh the first one it's like okay now I need to make a change. The second one, the change was so good that uh, Canals, in his own right, got a, a, an upgrade because of it and a benefit because of it. So, yeah, eventually it may fall out, but you just hope that it's way further down the road. And I'm sure Pauls isn't flattered with the idea of having to go through this entire process again with interviewing people and, and, uh, and how all that stuff goes down, especially when – it kind of feels a little bit like you're back to square one with, okay, well, how does this offense look? And the the only answer we do have is there is a path of success for this team in the post-Tom Brady era because they did it with Baker Mayfield. So I think that is a good sign where you probably get even more qualified candidates this time around, and maybe not as many people turn it down because they saw what Canales did with Baker and Mike Evans and all those guys. But yeah. uh, we'll talk about a couple different – uh possibilities and especially some of the in-house guys but we got some super chats to get to as well and these people have been kind enough to be, to be waiting from the beginning of the show so let's start out with Kyle Miller thanks for the 499 super chat who says while this stings the silver lining is that the entire NFC South has coaching turnover slash rebuild next season division is still wide open
1: yeah, I, it, it's certainly the case. I think as long as Baker Mayfield comes back, right, that, that's the thing. And I think if you're a Buccaneer fan, the great thing about this is, is Carolina has their quarterback in Bryce Young, right? He's not luring Baker Mayfield to Carolina. And, and I don't think that Mike Evans wants to end his career in Carolina catching passes from a, a, a quarterback that he's never caught passes from in Bryce Young just because he thrived in Dave Canales' system. Dave Canales' system can live on here there are a couple of in-house guys. I think we should talk about them now, right? Thad Lewis yeah. is certainly yep. one of those those guys that that is um, very, very well thought of by Todd Bowles. He was promoted essentially from assistant receivers coach to quarterbacks coach last year. Did a great job with Baker Mayfield. And th- I, I think, too, when you look at, at Thad, he is a player that, that really has a lot of um, – A lot of things going for him in terms of of being able to um, talk the the talk because he was himself a a former quarterback in this league. He's got experience doing it. But the downside is is you're going from one guy in Dave Canales that that did not have any play-calling experience to another. Right? That's (gasps) that's a little bit of of a concern there perhaps.
2: But he does have play-calling experience. At least one play. (laughs) One play that I'm, I'm aware that, that I'm 100% aware. That was a
1: suggestion. That wasn't a play call. That was, that was in the headset. Dave's the play caller. So
2: fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. I'm wrong. So, but uh, just, just to kind of uh, build off what I said, so people understand. Um, So Thad Lewis, uh, when the Bucks were in Atlanta, uh, I can't remember what, what week it was. uh, The screen to Rashad White that he ended up scoring on, that was a Thad Lewis suggestion. Uh, and it was uh, caught perfectly by the Bucks' uh, own digital team on their show, The Current. Yeah.
0: Uh, we got a super chat from Bucks' basement. Thanks for the 9.99 super chat, Bucks' basement. Who says losing canals. is just another sign that defensive uh, head coaches do not work in today's NFL? Say Bowles finds the right hire again, we will just get poached next off season. Fire bowls and get Todd Munkin, who will be calling plays for the Ravens this Sunday in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it is a little bit of a vicious cycle with defensive head coaches. And there's not really a solution unless that head coach wants to learn how to call plays.
2: Yeah, I, the one thing, that, and, and I totally understand this, and in, in, in the totality, this isn't the wrong mindset in terms of a good offensive coordinator will get their shot. But it's not going to be every season,
1: yeah.
2: All right, and I'll I'll kind of paint a picture for you. So Canales came from Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron has been a very successful offensive coordinator yep. in the NFL for multiple seasons. His offense in Seattle was actually better than the Bucks' offense this past season. Mm-hmm. And Waldron, three years as OC in Seattle, despite you know a lot of good things being said about him, and. After Pete Carroll was let go in Seattle, they didn't promote Waldron and he went and got another OC gig in Chicago. So it's not every season. Yes, you want it it, with Bowles at the helm, you do want him to find successful offensive coordinators. Yes, those guys will go. It's not going to be every single season. Like, and Bowles needs to get his credit, and I'm going to give it to him. He helped develop Dave Canales into a guy who got a head coaching. Coach, uh, head coaching gig um canalis is given credit to Bowles as well as pete carroll but especially Bowles for giving him that shot and i think that's something that needs to be um kind of put out there that this is a credit to todd Bowles as well like this should be a feather in his cap he should receive some positive credit for this
1: yeah and the, and, I, and,
0: coaching
2: tree
1: yeah he's exactly one now. Yeah. let's go <laughs> uh I, I think the thing too when you look at at um at Dad Lewis is uh, he allows the Buccaneers to do a couple things, right? Um, they're still the front runner to resign Baker Mayfield. Why? Because Baker Mayfield was in that quarterback meeting room with Dad Lewis every day. They've got a great rapport. Dad has a great reputation in, in the building. Myself and, and Adam Slavon, we contacted a couple Buccaneer players today: Luke Getteki. I put the story in the chat. Luke Getteki, Chase Edmonds, and Devin Tompkins, who played wide receiver as a rookie under. Dad Lewis, who was the assistant receivers coach in 2022, and all of them spoke very, very highly of him. He's he's a bright young uh, mind. That's probably why the Raiders wanted to interview him for for their uh, vacant offensive coordinator job. So there might be some competition for Lewis, or this team might go outside the organization and do some interviews, which it probably will, uh, is my guess. And you know, the interesting thing is the timing of all of this is really kind of wild because you probably have heard we're going to be in Mobile, Alabama next week. And we're going to be looking at some Bucks Senior Bowl targets on our Senior Bowl preview show Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Well, the other thing is the Senior Bowl is known as the NFL job fair.
2: That's Mm -hmm. where
1: basically everybody employed and unemployed descends on Mobile, Alabama to either scout prospects or, or look for different jobs. And so, Jason Light will be there. Todd Bowles will be there probably doing double duty, looking at some of the players and, and Tampa Bay has drafted in each of the last two drafts, five players each from the last two senior bowls, including the likes of Sarvasia Dennis, Yaya Diaby, Cody Malk, Payne Durham last year. So they might be doing some double duty, looking at players, also looking at potential offensive coordinator candidates and if, if Brad Idzik, if he ends up going to, to Carolina, which that might be a possibility. I know Brad just got engaged. He his did. fiance, you know, it, it, she might have some Tampa roots. I know his parents live here. He likes this area. That it's just awesome a matter of, of is he going to get that offensive coordinator title up there and, a, and a, certainly a, a pay raise by going to Carolina with his very good friend Dave Canales, or is he going to stay here as the wide receivers coach, you maybe get some consideration for for being a play caller uh, and filling the Dave Canales uh, vacancy here. What do you think, guys?
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting because there is the one side of it of, you know, Canales. I mean, Canales is living in his house for a little bit when when they all first moved to Tampa and he's still trying to get his own home. There is the comfort of like, all right, this is kind of a little bit of a tag team, a little bit of a, Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton, shake and bake type of situation. Right. <laughs> but, but hear me out. What if Isaac is kind of can use that as something he has in his back pocket? Like, oh, if all else fails, I can go to Carolina. What if he wants to kind of spread his wings a little bit more and say, hey, I can prove this on my own without Dave Canales. I can hey. either interview for the Bucks' offensive coordinator job, And it's him against that Lewis in-house for that job. Or I could continue to build something here, build my resume coaching, hopefully, Mike Evans for another couple of years, and then get my shot somewhere else or in a different situation. I still, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would put money on Canales hiring Brad Isaac. But I I do think there is something to ponder about kind of attempting to do it on your own and, and seeing what you can do in that situation.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's, here's one thing real quick. I just want to address this. Canales is a turncoat. Man, oh, you, you cannot blame a guy for, for taking a promotion with, that comes with a pay raise, by the way, right? I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, there are 32 of these head coaching jobs. Um, the vast majority of NFL assistants do not get head coaching interviews, much less opportunities. So yeah. you've got to take these opportunities when they come. You cannot fault Dave Canales, even if it's going to a division rival. He is an an A plus human being.
0: Great person. So, uh, uh listen, I mean, he got emotional. He got emotional at the podium like I a ne- couple of weeks ago. I can tell you, those were not crocodile tears. That right. was not like I'm <laughs> yeah. on my way out and I'm just trying you're to. In, it. If, you're if entitled to were, your
1: opinion, Peter. People, if but they were, Dave Cannell should be at the
0: Academy Awards in bingo yeah. when yeah. they go on or whenever they come.
2: Yeah, Matt, I did like your uh, your reference there in terms of him spreading his, his wings, I would Yeah, say. he's a peacock. So, you got to let him fly. I am going to try to make was, any movie
0: references. I love your movie to references see, today. Matt. I,
2: I was thinking more like the a Steve guys. Miller band reference there. Okay. You know, fly like an eagle to the yeah. sea, like. Yeah. So he's going, going to the, the cover He's going yeah. to be the eagle <laughs> Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Dang it. Should have held that one for another day. Um, yeah, I, I think. Idzik's a better than 50% chance to stay here in Tampa Bay. I think Thad Lewis may actually have a better shot at moving with uh, Canales to Carolina. And it could shake out where if the Bucs do go internal, maybe it's, it's Idzig who moves up into that offensive coordinator spot because he does want to stay and there's continuity of the system. And I think there are a lot of similarities between Canales and Idzig in terms of how they operate. And I think the offensive room may enjoy that. Um, and then Thad actually moves with uh, Canales to be his OC in Carolina. Oh. So it'll be an interesting way that to see how it shakes out. Yeah, That'd be absolutely. a Game of
0: Thrones-like twist.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we got a $5 super chat from Meats McGee. Thank you, Meats, who says, Thad Lewis is the only choice. Towards the end of the season, he got some play-calling experience. I do see him keeping the same playbook and tweaking it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's an advantage, right? It's not like Dave Canales takes the system with him. I mean, the Bucks have the playbook downloaded on their yeah. on on their iPads. It, it's in the system, so Tampa Bay can very well keep this system and just have an in-house candidate pull the trigger, whether it is a Thad Lewis or a Brad Edzik, uh, or they can go outside and 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 try something else, right? I mean, uh, they had a lot of success. With a new system this year, there, there's nothing that, that would preclude the Buccaneers from from not having success again uh, next year. It just – it typically is a slow burn and slow learn, right? I mean, you, you look at the struggles the Bucks' offense had at the beginning compared to how they were putting up points at the end of the season. And, you know, do you want to do that to Baker Mayfield? I mean, the guys had more – More play callers and systems and head coaches. And he
0: finally about continuity, stability. That's all that Baker wanted. Yeah. (laughs) And he still doesn't have it. Go ahead. The
2: the big thing there though, and and I think this really needs to be said is there's one thing between the system and then the individual running the system. And it's a big difference, right? Oh yeah. And the the Bucks have kind of seen over the last couple of years, the bad side and the good side of that, right? So you have Bruce Arians who brings his vertical passing attack to Tampa Bay it's it's you know something new for that offense it was very very good the first couple of years and then bruce leaves and byron basically runs it completely back the lack of creativity to build off of yep. what you already have right yep. the nfl is constantly uh, evolving and you have yep. to evolve with it you have to build off. Bingo. it now now you take that and you look at Canalis, who brought shane waldron's system from seattle to tampa right. bay and yes the the concepts are the same but to watch Canalis, even even within his own system that he, yeah. you know, he, he's like, I've got Waldron's and I'm going to take 90% of that. I'm going to take 10% of it because he had a lot of experience in a bunch of other systems. Even from week one to week, what was that? 20, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You can see he evolved his own system. So it's the creativity of the individual and how they continually evolve their own offense or whatever offense they're employing and build upon it and create counters and looks at different, uh, gets the same concepts out of different looks. That's what makes a truly unique um, offensive mind and same on the defensive side. That's what makes Kyle Shanahan so good. That's what makes Andy Reid so good. The offenses they are running in 2023 are not the same offenses they ran in 2020, that's right. Not the same offenses they ran in 2017. All of those offenses were some of the best in the NFL, but they continually evolved. So it's not just about this person was with, was in this offense, therefore we can expect the same success. Yeah. It's how do they evolve that offense. Yeah. And the thing that I like about Thad Lewis is there's the exposure to both of those systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he can marry what worked for Mike really well under the Arians offense. Let's make sure we're using that. What worked exactly. for Mike really well under Dave's system? Now, let, how do we bring those together? How do we build off of that?
1: That's right. No, it's a great point.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the Buck Standard, thanks for the $5 super chat, says, I know Baker loves Tampa, and Tampa loves him, but he needs to tell his agent to get him to Minnesota. O'Connell, JJ, Justin Jefferson, of course, Addison, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne, just kidding, um, TJ, solid defense, you know what the Bucks' standard? Not, not terrible. Not, uh, not, not too. Uh, obviously, Bucks fans don't want to hear that, but I, I think Minnesota obviously would want Kirk Cousins back first if, if Cousins can get fully healed. But Baker to Minnesota kind of makes sense, does it not?
1: Yeah, I, I think the thing too that you have to really consider, and this goes back to um, the the genius. Um, headline that I, I came up with here, which is cool. <laughs> Bucks have their head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback for 2024. Oh. Well, that that's already you know two for three right now. And I think the wild card in all this, when it comes to Baker Mayfield, is the Buccaneers have a number in mind. And Mike Greenberg, the Bucks' assistant general manager, capologist, cap Jedi, whatever you want to call him, he's the best in the business. But he and Jason Light, they do put values on particular players, free agents and other teams, on their own free agents, et cetera, and they don't cross those lines. And all it takes in free agency, and I've seen it in Tampa and I've seen it around the league, is one team to go a little crazy, go a little haywire, and and come in with an offer out of left field. And then, then it becomes a, wow, what do we do, right? And – I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's leaving. I'm not saying he's going to Minnesota. But if, if a team comes in and say, we want Baker and we'll pay him $32, $35 million a year, okay, that's different than $25 million a year. That's different than $26 million a year, right? So um, there comes a number where the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield, they're, they're not going to match it. And all it takes is one team. So keep that in mind. I'm about to go from two out of three to one out of three. And if this team loses Canales and Baker Mayfield this offseason, uh, God help Todd Bowles next year. And,
0: and um, then Bowles goes, you know what? All that retirement talk at the exactly. end of the year, like I'm just gonna retire.
1: Exactly. And <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this over to Casey Rogers. Casey, you're yeah. the head coach now. And then all the Buccaneer fans run. Bulls over.
2: and Arians. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so I I I don't know. I I, I don't know, but I'm just saying th- there there is th- there 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 is a chance because free agency is a two way street. You let the guy hit the market, um, and you say, yeah, go find your number, bring it back, and we'll talk, and we we'll, we'll match it. Well, not it not if it's out of the bucks budget. So,
2: yeah, what's interesting there is whether those players get to free agency. Uh, you know, one note that that has been out there, and I uh, I wanted to address it. The Bucks have an opportunity to reduce the cap hits even further of a Mike Evans, a Levante yeah. David, and yes. a, a, a Baker Mayfield if they can get a, a deal done by, I think it's February 19th. Yeah. That's when their contracts technically void and where the void money that's set in 2024 and, uh, and really beyond 2024 mm-hmm. all accelerates into a dead cap hit from their current contracts. If they can get a deal done with any or all of those players before the February 19th, which is well before free agency, well before the tampering period where those players can technically um, talk to other clubs, then their the new contract would allow them to keep those dead cap hits in yeah. those individual years. It helps them on the 2024 cap. So yeah. um, that'll be an interesting kind of development. Do they decide to just proactively get those contracts done mm-hmm. before yeah. free agency hits. Don't let those players necessarily find out what another team might, might, um, if my memory uh, serves, Josh
1: and you, you probably know this. Didn't they, they obviously allowed some dead cap money to hit with, co- with the contracts of Will Golston and Labonte this past yep. year. Right. So they, they, those... they, they've gone that route
2: before. Yeah. it's, <sighs> Without seeing the individual contracts, it's very difficult for me to be able to comment on, on specific ones. Like there was Gronks a few years ago. Right. The language was written where they couldn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 there was no way for them to get a new deal done and still place hold the old dead money. So it all depends on the individual contract. I want to say with Goldston's, they weren't able to. Um, yeah. I could be wrong on that one. So it all depends on the individual ones. But uh, Greg Allman of Fox Sports, who's fantastic, yeah. he, he uh, confirmed I that. I want to be with all, <laughs> I want to say with all three of those players. Um, well wow, that was a weird slip. Uh, with all of those three, all three of those players, they have the opportunity to do that. With someone like Mike Evans, I think Mike's just got his number. And if the Bucks are willing to hit that number, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's it. He doesn't need yeah. to hear from another team. Baker's a more interesting case because Baker's had to do the prove it deal. So at this point, there is an onus for him to say, What is my value and how close to max value can I get when I factor in some of the other things?
1: Yeah. I, I want to address something real quick here. Y'all need to stop the madness, please. <laughs> if you've watched this show, if you know me, I mean, I even, I even like self proclaimed He hates I'm offense. De- I'm defensive minded. Yeah.
0: If okay. Anything. Like, you like should my, go for my the roots, coordinator, job Yeah. My my oh, roots
1: wow. are on defense. I played defense in high school in my two like really crappy, mediocre, actually less than mediocre years of playing football. And I was a damn good popcorn <laughs> defensive coordinator, uh, and defensive line coach, but I, I hate offense. I even say this up in the press box. I mean, I like when the Bucks score points, but it's like, you know, you give me a safety or a pick six, and I mean that makes my day. So um yeah, um, stop with the whole n- nonsense about, about often give it to Matt Matera, give it to, to Josh Capo, give it to Bailey. Special Adams, teams coordinator so yeah, for me. I was, I was gonna true. say,
0: what about what about special teams? Would you would you go there? You infamous, <laughs> infamously blocked a punt. Um I
1: did. I did so that. special
2: teams could
0: I
1: have got the mixed. crooked finger to, to, yeah. to prove it right there. See if so I was this, coaching it doesn't that go punter straight anymore.
2: lead by if example. I was, <laughs> if I was coaching that punter, you never would have blocked that punt.
1: Uh, true. Yes, exactly. I
2: would have just gone for it on fourth
0: down every time. I didn't even
1: um, have to do anything. It was like a bad blocking scheme it like that parted like the Red Sea, and I was just Moses going to block the punt. So, uh,
0: Thank you to Kelly Dwight Fields for the ninety nine super chat that says, Bucks hire Todd Munkin. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people like that. Todd Munkin will be playing or will be coaching uh, his players for the Ravens on yeah. Sunday in the AFC Championship game. Maybe you want to pick some of Todd Munkin's players in underdog fantasy. Sign up, get their app using the promo code pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and get a first deposit bonus when you do. You're picking higher or lower on a number of different stats. Could be rushing yards, maybe for Lamar Jackson. Passing yards, maybe for Lamar Jackson. Defensive stats uh, as well. Pick anywhere from two to five players, one from each team. Win up to 20 times your money over at underdog fantasy. The cool thing as well is... You can do it for all the different sports too. It doesn't just have to be football. And sadly, football season is winding down. So uh check it out for all the different sports out there. Underdog fantasy, use that promo code pewter. That's P E W T E R. Let's keep these super chats rolling in. Cause
1: well, you guys Bailey. Bailey Adams is stop presses. Bailey. Bailey's he's turning the down the offensive coordinator position. So okay. He's holding out for other opportunities. So there we go.
0: And Sly is waiting for the uh, Packers job. Uh, thank you to Suzanne Galasso for the dollar ninety nine super chat. Appreciate you. Move on to uh, Kathy Gillespie. Thanks for the five dollar super chat. She says thanks for the link about canals and Bake. Just sucks that this kid can't catch any stability. Interest for coordinator that won't derail Baker. Yeah, this uh, poor Baker. Like finally finds a good system, right? Now.
1: We have some breaking news. The Atlanta Falcons will hire Raheem Morris as their next head coach. Raheem was – For real? Yep. Raheem Morris was oh the – Oh, my goodness. That's former, awesome. Former uh, position coach there, former coordinator. He was the interim head coach, actually faced the Buccaneers and lost a game. Um, a great hire by the Falcons. Uh, Raheem Morris, second time around, I think at age 47, is going to be a hell of a lot better than he was – at age 33. So now you've got a former Buccaneer uh, head coach coaching the Falcons, a former Bucks offensive coordinator, coaching the uh, the Panthers. Now all you need is John Gruden, former, yeah. former oh. head coach for the Buccaneers, coaching the Saints offense now. He's, and and,
0: and yo, he's in talks yo. for that. The, the fans weren't lying when they say the
2: Bucks run the South. That's right. <laughs> They're everywhere. And
1: the Bucks do run the South. They're everywhere. You're right. Still well said that.
2: The other interesting thing there, there's only two jobs left, if I remember correctly, right? There's Washington and there's Seattle. Yeah. And Belichick still hasn't grabbed one. Correct. And Vrabel. Yeah, and Vrabel. And Ben Johnson. one one of three very qualified people and I think Todd Munkin
1: too Todd Munkin well uh, yes Todd Munkin's age I think is working against him a little bit he's 57 right so you have to you have to want to and, and appreciate a guy like a Bruce Arians who gets his first head coaching job at age 60 but the thing with Munkin though is is he's relatable he just came from college right he was at Georgia for three years dealing with 18 19 20 21 year old kids so He can relate. He is a guy that's that's timeless in terms of his communication ability. Uh, I know that that the the young hot shot offensive coordinator is is in vogue right now because of their uh, openness and open minded and creativity and all of that stuff. But uh, Ty Munkin just came from the college ranks where there's a lot more ingenuity and creativity and innovation than there is even at the NFL. And look what he's done in one year. In terms of taking this Baltimore offense and and taking it to new heights, along with Lamar Jackson's game, so I, I think one of these jobs is going to go to Todd Munkin.
2: We will. I can beat. see that one thousand percent. Thanks
0: to Adam Hamilton for this nineteen ninety nine super chat. You guys have been great with the super chats today. Adam says, "What do you guys think we do at offensive coordinator? I'd assume it will still be a ball control type safe." Defensive friendly scheme. Bulls will sign off on the enemy. <laughs> Eric the enemy spelling would be interesting yeah. question. Mark.
1: I'm not a fan of the enemy. I've not heard good things behind the scenes from uh, about him from other coaches in the league and other general managers. That's why it took him so long to get this job in Washington. And he's got kind of an abrasive personality. He is the exact opposite of Dave Canales. He is not an upbeat cheery, positive guy. He is a, I will scream at you and berate you kind of guy from. So Kevin Ross would welcome him. uh, Perhaps. Yes. (laughs) But uh, another uh, guy too, that is out there is, is Kellen Moore. Um, Have not heard great things about Kellen Moore either. Uh, You know, he's, he got jettisoned from Dallas didn't work out got at, better
0: offensively i mean the playoff did. game didn't shout but they yeah, they improved yeah. He,
1: he is in that byron left which like let's try to score points and use the passing game and ignore the running game and as long as todd Bowles is here that is not what they're looking for
0: uh yeah, Bucks, uh, yeah go ahead
2: Sorry, uh, i was just gonna say i mean since a couple people so we've talked about some of the internal candidates in terms of idzig and um, thad lewis for external candidates i would be looking at mark brunel He's the quarterback yep. coach for Jerry Goff. He's gotten some of the Goff's best play over these last couple of years. Yep. Zach Robinson, yeah. who was the quarterback coach with Matt Stafford, who Stafford yep. had one of his best seasons this mm-hmm. year. Um, I also like two names from Houston, uh, Gerard Johnson, and, who's the quarterback's coach who oversaw CJ Stroud's awesome yep. rookie campaign, as well as Ben McDaniels, who's their wide receivers coach. Um most people didn't have Houston having a really good wide receiver room this year mm-hmm. at the yeah. on their bingo card and yep. that room has been stellar so just those would be Tom guys Bowles. I'd love to see coming <laughs> oh, that's true
1: <laughs> Nico Collins and Tank Dell and yeah right? for real
0: Thanks to Puck's Spaceman for this 499 super chat I feel like you're just delaying the inevitable keeping bowls is the goal to win a championship he is not a winning head coach. He's seventeen and seventeen for a reason. I do feel like, I mean, if he fired every coach that didn't have immediate success, each team would have like a thousand different coaching moves.
2: Uh, at Bill Belichick point. was a, a losing coach, you know, before he got to New England. So, and- yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks to the Bucks standard for this twenty dollars super chat. Thoughts one. What's the vision slash plan for this team? And is Bowles the guy for that plan? Two, if we let Bowles go, would he be a legit head coaching candidate anywhere else? Three, most franchises are reactive, great franchises are proactive. Okay, I'll start. Um, sorry, I was, was, was texting Raheem Morris.
1: I didn't even <laughs> well. hear the question, sorry. No, it's
0: fine. Um, what's the vision plan for this team and is Bowles the guy? Well, Bowles is the guy for that plan this season for sure. It, the, I mean, part of the vision is who comes in and becomes that offensive coordinator because that's a, uh, that's a big question for that one. If we let Bowles go, would he be a legit head, head coaching candidate anywhere else? No. I mean, not yes. this year. I think not he this would. Well, sure. yeah,
2: because most of the the jobs are already done. But in a neutral environment, where if he were let go when all the head coaching vacancies were opened up, he would absolutely get interviews. I have no but,
1: doubt. Yeah, I think that. I think he would get interviews. That, but the problem is, in just it kind of to circle back around, like you were, you were saying, Josh, like Dave Dave of killed the interview. Sure. And I, I don't know that Todd Bowles is gonna kill the interview necessarily. That's a fair and
2: yeah, like fair how
0: much choice. did he benefit from just oh he's tight with Bruce Arians and became
1: a right. head coach. Yeah, but I, I mean I he would I'm, be I'm not knocking candidate. Todd Bowles. he would be a candidate, yes, and he would certainly get certainly get uh you know his his share of interviews and interest. I, I get all that, but I I don't at age sixty, I don't see him becoming another head coach. Um if if uh, if he gets let go by Tampa Bay.
0: Uh, thanks just, to Jonas Garea for the dollar 99 super super chat says so Raheem in Atlanta. Yeah. That was the, uh, the big breaking news. Yep. Josh, please proceed. Building
2: Well, building off of Raheem in Atlanta, just, all right. So we just talked about, I, I brought up Zach Robinson as a potential uh, offensive coordinator candidate for the bucks. He's probably going to get a look with Atlanta because he worked in with the Rams with Raheem yep. Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta needs a quarterback. You know who else worked with it in, in the LA with Raheem Morris? Baker Mayfield yeah yep. wow yeah
0: damn could you imagine baker yep. goes to atlanta oh
1: steals baker mayfield away from my head is
0: spinning so let's keep these super chats going yeah. thanks to adam hamilton for this 999 super chat who says i personally think it's a bad hire by carolina i like Canales, but i think he gets too much credit for mayfield who isn't as bad as people say he is mayfield
2: yeah. Gino smith Russ Wilson. It's not yeah. just one guy. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Buck's offense it's, was very it's inconsistent. Three quarterbacks who he's gotten the best play out of. So yeah. this isn't like a one and done kind right. of thing. I,
1: I think, again, he, he kills it in free agency in terms of being believable, selling the vision. As long as Tepper's writing the checks, that's, that's all free agents want to hear is what is your plan? Can you articulate that? How, how am I going to fit in? He will kill that part of it. And then it's how much am I getting paid, and that's where Tepper comes in with the checkbook. So, I, I think he's going to have success in Carolina. It just the big question is how patient is is David Tepper going to be? Because it is, it, you know, it, the NFL is a, a not for long. That's what the NFL stands for, not for long, right? And you only have so much of a window. I mean, we saw uh, Urban Meyer flame out. We we've seen Frank Reich get canned halfway through his first season i mean it it the patience of some of these owners is ridiculous and and it's even more so in carolina that's the track record four head coaches in two years including two interim head coaches not a great track record i i hope dave canales has some success personally for him not necessarily for the panthers um i know where where our bread is buttered here with the buccaneer fans and the pewter people but i'm just saying it's uh
2: and that it's, bleeds it, over with temper to his, his soccer team too. He has a yeah. soccer team that he owns where he's fired a couple of coaches as well. Yep. Yeah. In short uh, order.
0: Well, this decision would certainly get a lot of people fired from the Todd father. Thanks for the 4.99 super chat. <laughs> it says I'm going to make Matt Patricia, Matt Canada, or Arthur Smith an offer that can't refuse to be my offensive coordinator. And buy back of my new quarter. Oh, oh, hey, boy. you super oh. chat us. We're happy to read, uh, you know, cockamamie statements. But uh, oh, yeah, that's a recipe that. for disaster.
1: Appreciate it, top Father. Yeah. If that uh, is your real name.
0: Yeah. Joshua Schaub with a $5 super chat. Thank you. Says, without Canales, maybe a new system. Does a new offensive coordinator risk his career on an inconsistent Baker? Well, Canales so kind of if-
2: just did. Yeah. yeah. If not Baker, then who is what you have to ask yourself. There's really only one very good quarterback who would be on the free agent market potentially in in Kirk Cousins. Right. So you've got to hope then that the Bucks can come up with, by my estimate, $40 million a year for Cousins. Because that guy does not do anything um, in terms of discounts. His entire career, he has maxed his value. Uh, or now you're trying to get a quarterback with the 26th overall pick, a rookie quarterback with the 26th overall pick. And as an offensive coordinator, you're then tying yourself to that guy because you're coming into an organization that expects to get back to the playoffs next year because they they're now on four straight years yeah. of being in the, the playoffs. The only NFC team that's been to the playoffs each of the last four years. so, so. What
0: you're saying here is uh, you don't think if Baker signs somewhere else next season that it is not indeed Trask time for the Bucs next year. I do not think that it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, it's an option. It's it's, it's an in-house option. It, We're talking about offensive option. coordinators that are in-house options. It's an uh, option. Thanks to another <laughs> Joshua, but a different last name. A lot of
1: yeah.
0: big Josh presence. Big Bucks presence in the NFC South. Big yeah. Josh presence. on the podcast today uh thank you to joshua finn for this 499 super chats uh how about brian greasy from the 49ers look at what he has done with brock purdy
1: yeah i think great point yeah greasy former quarterback here helped the bucks win the nfc south the championship in 2005 got hurt for part of that year and chris sims had to come in and kind of save the day to a degree but i think got them off to a good start um yeah, Greasy's—he's a good offensive mind. I mean, he—he was—he's a quick processor in terms of being a quarterback. That was kind of like his his hallmark was very smart, intelligent, cerebral guy. And usually, those guys, rather than just the guys with the arm talent, are the ones that end up making the the best coaches, the gym rats, if you will. And he was more than that. He wasn't—you know—he was a starting caliber quarterback for several years. So, um, I, I think the Buccaneers—they're going to cast a wide net i believe I, unless they're just absolutely sold on the idea of keeping the system the same for continuity's sake with the with the idea that that might help baker return and mike return in free agency if if that is the strategy i i'm on board with that and i i can get behind that if they want to cast a wider net and look around these were the names that interviewed last time pep hamilton turned the bucks down former texans offensive coordinator but clint kubiak who's the 49ers passing game coordinator interviewed as well as Keenan mccardell vikings receivers coach shay tierney the giants quarterbacks coach who by the way will be one of the coaches at the senior bowl will be there yeah uh, next week and jim bob cooter uh from uh, the colts he's the, their offensive coordinator even though shane Steichen, uh, Steichen is the play caller ronald curry still the saints quarterbacks coach and he was also a candidate back in February in Tampa Bay. Thomas Brown was, uh, he was a, a, a interviewed twice, I believe. He and Canals were the two players that, that were really kind of honed in on. Scotty Montgomery is the Lions assistant head coach and running backs coach. And those were the players that might get another look-see. I know Todd Munkin and Dan Pitcher were the other ones. Pitcher just got promoted to be, the offensive coordinator when Brian Callahan left again uh, the, the head coach um, Zach Taylor is is the play caller but with Callahan getting the, the head coaching job in Tennessee that opens up an opportunity for Dan Pitcher to elevate from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator and to pay raise and then of course the other one was Todd Munkin so in essence if the Buccaneers are going to go kind of down the rabbit hole and explore, maybe moving on from Todd Bowles in the situation and going with an offensive minded head coach, they've already essentially interviewed Munkin because he did interview yeah. with the team back in February. And of course he was on the staff for three years with Dirk Cutter as a receivers coach and a quarterbacks and the offensive coordinator in 2018 said so Jason light knows him. Mike Rainberg knows him the laser certainly know him. So We'll see. This offseason just got a lot wilder, folks. It did. It just got a lot wilder in Tampa.
0: Uh, Mike Wells with the last but certainly not least Super Chat. Thanks, Mike, for this $10 Super Chat, says Matt Scott and Josh. Awesome show so far. If that Lewis gets moved to offensive coordinator, do you see him bringing a mixture of Canales and Arians offenses?
1: Yeah, it it certainly could be as long as it's as long as the running element is not lost. Because as long as Ty Bowles is here, he wants more balance. It helps his defense out, Um, and and that that was that was the constant gripe about Byron Leftwich is he abandoned the run too quickly. Um, Just he he was a foreign quarterback, so he wanted pass first offense, and that's kind of how Arians ran it as well. And you know what? That's fine when you have A B and Gronk and Mike and Chris. And you got four guys that not not any defense can take away four people. You can take away two guys, right? A great defense can take away three. No defense is taking away four, and that's what worked in 2020 and 2021 when A.B. was still on the team before he did peace out and before Gronk retired. So um, I'm fine with some elements of the Arians' offense sticking around, but at the same time, it's antiquated. Like Josh said, you got to evolve. And, and move on. And, and I think that is a bright young mind. So we'll see what happens.
0: Well, we're going to have all of the off season to talk about this. The storylines were already there and they heated up that much more. Of course, a Monday show we're heading to Mobile, Alabama, the whole Pewter report crew, including the three of us. Um, will be in Mobile all of next week for the senior bowl. So Monday show, we're going to preview that with the uh, titled show Bucks Senior Bowl Target. So get ready. We're going to be talking all about the draft, the needs for the Buccaneers, and a lot of uh, fun stuff going into it. And, of course, in the meantime, please follow us on all of our social media on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, and X at Pewter Report. And, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we have the show various clips, various other content over on the YouTube channel, please like and subscribe and leave a comment on this channel as well. That's going to do it for us. Happy Gasparilla to everybody, for those celebrating this weekend. And, uh, yeah, that's it. For SR, for Josh Cabo, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you on Monday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Peace out. Out.